this is Terry McCarty, and welcome to another episode of Reviews and Otherwise. And uh, this episode is about the James Bond film, uh, No Time to Die, which is intended as the double Viking funeral, you could say, both for the Daniel Craig's uh, decade and a half uh, playing 007 and uh, for the 59 year run of the series or as the young people like to say franchise and No Time to Die gives you lots of you could say callbacks easter eggs uh, but uh, just about every major or minor uh, motif uh, from all the different uh, eras of the series uh, find their way into this. And uh, anyway, um, to discuss uh, uh, No Time to Die in particular, Around 1987, when uh, Timothy Dalton uh, took the role from, uh, well, first uh, you could say Roger Moore, who retired after a view from from a kill, and then uh, Pierce Brosnan because uh, he was unable to get out of uh, the final episodes of uh, Remington Steel and The Living Daylights in a way um, is one of the two films uh, you could say that are precedents to, to No Time to Die because that's when with Dalton in the lead uh, that's when the films kind of uh, shifted uh, from being mostly uh, glossy escapism and uh, became a little more uh, conscious dramatic arc, uh, emphasizing genuine male-female relationship over over the uh, 60s and into the 70s uh, notion of of uh, all Bond could do in a dangerous profession is have a, a bunch of uh, one-nighters uh, here and there and it's it's the living daylights and then we go on into the Pierce Brosnan era and to me I'll be a little bit of a heretic and say that uh, both the Martin Campbell, uh, GoldenEye, and then I believe it was Roger Spottiswoode who did Tomorrow Never Dies. Those are the best films in terms of the series. And by the time you get to The World Is Not Enough, uh, where you've got the mixture of uh, high drama and uh, the casting of uh, Dan Yetley 
uh, Denise Richards as a scientist, uh, and that was meant to be the kind of, uh, you know, goofiness that would go back to, like, uh, Red Eklund uh, showing up in the the man with the golden gun and being shoved into closets and and stuff like that, uh, which, to be honest, makes the man with the golden gun kind of like awkward viewing uh, 47 years later. And, but with the world is not enough, the sort of clash and... and uh, high drama and Brosnan working very hard on screen to, you know, show that I want Bond to be a real character. I want to really act. Uh, That doesn't uh, just the whole clash of the escapism and the trying to mine for drama and for tragedy of sorts uh, or or the way they handle the, as I remember the Sophie Marceau character which sort of brings back the Guns of Navarone where, where there was similar discussion over whether or not uh, uh, kill a certain character and uh, but anyway uh, world is not enough uh, awkward uh, the living daylights I remember probably I might have a little more seeing it if I did see it now I probably have maybe a little bit more regard but but yes, you can see Dalton uh, working, working hard to, you know, provide uh, depth. And at that time, there wasn't that the re-evaluation of what he was doing as now. Um, back then, people were, you know, mocking his approach to Bond, uh, referring to him like John Lovitz as a uh, master thespian character on SNL. And maybe uh, with the with the Craig series, uh, it certainly started off well with uh, the Martin Campbell Casino Royale and uh, then took a header with... Uh, Mark Forster's uh, Quantum of Solace, and probably by now Mark Forster's mostly forgotten, but he did uh, do prestige films of a bygone age like uh, Monster's Ball and uh, the Afghanistan film. He did that for Spielberg's uh, DreamWorks, if I remember correctly, The Kite. Uh, runner and and basically Forster 
kind of behaved uh, like uh, John Vernon would behave once in a magazine interview I read. You know, I'm a great actor doing crap, and uh, and basically Forrester, you know, did uh, did press uh, for Quantum of Solace like. I'm a great director doing crap, and uh, oh, well, at least I got uh, something in the film about uh, uh, water and uh, making sure people have clean water in in, uh, poor countries. Uh, And anyway, um, and that, you know, the contemptuousness and the public urination kind of explains why they went with uh, Sam Mendes, who already had some experience with uh, action directing with Jarhead and and Skyfall is probably the best. Uh, in a lot of ways of the of the uh, Craig films and uh, and then that led to uh, Spectre which isn't I mean now that's being reevaluated as bad but uh, it's certainly lesser than Skyfall and then of course in the service of high drama the decision to uh, have Bond and uh, Blofeld, played by Christo- Christoph Waltz, uh, being related. Uh, that's probably an idea that uh, sh- shouldn't have made it into a shooting script, but well, there we are. But you could say about the uh, Daniel Craig uh, tenure is that the blend of uh, drama and escapism has been more smoothly managed and that uh, uh, Craig knows how to to uh, play for drama and for character depth without uh, doing the equivalent of like uh, wildly gesticulating to the other actors and to the audience that uh, you know oh I'm I'm Elevating Bond to something you'd see at Stratford or or at uh, Sam Wanamaker's uh, Globe in London. That uh, that's to me uh, what's best about uh, uh, No Time to Die is that uh, Kerry Fukunaga uh, builds on. the best of what Sam Mendes did and uh, what Martin Campbell did and uh, makes makes the new film a uh, more than uh, respectable uh, finale to the to the Craig cycle and and certainly one of the best films in the series uh, and of course it does uh, some shout outs to one of the earlier uh, high points in, which was uh, Order Majesty's Secret Service in terms of uh, certain 
line of dialogue and uh, uh, music that was recorded for the film and uh, that's all I'll say about that if you haven't seen this yet and also props to Hans Zimmer who manages here what uh, David Arnold uh, uh, did earlier as a composer in terms of like respecting uh, John Barry past uh, and uh, making it more modern and uh, and you know not doing electronica in the most god awful way as uh, like Eric uh, Seraph did uh, with the Golden Eye score. So. I do uh, very much recommend uh, No Time to Die. It's out in various formats. Uh, There's apparently a uh, 3D conversion uh, print. Uh, There's uh, IMAX uh, where it was at least uh, part of the first half was uh, shot in the oversized uh, IMAX ratio and and of course there's just the uh, 2D uh, anamorphic widescreen uh, print that uh, most of the country or most of the world will be seeing so anyway that's all I have to say and uh, I'll be back in a few days and uh, we'll talk about uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's uh, extrapolation of the vigilante part of uh, Halloween 4 and the Halloween Kills and until then uh, this is Terry McCarty and Thanks for listening to reviews and otherwise. Please, if you like what you're hearing, recommend it uh, via your favorite uh, form of social media. And uh, that's all, and see you pretty soon. Thanks for listening.